There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Tara Mohan was 21 back in 2014 when she went for a routine medical as part of a job application with the EU in Luxembourg. Her white blood cell count was very high, which set alarm bells ringing. Tara is with us today to take up our story in a moment. And we're also joined by Nolene Sheridan, who's a cancer nurse specialist at the Matter Hospital. You're both very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Tara, take it up from there. You were going for this job. In fact, I have to clarify, they headhunted you, yes. Yeah, they saw my name on a list of trainees that were working in the commission at the time. I was an Irish translator, so they sent me an email and said, would you like to apply for this job? So I said, yeah, sure. So you apply and it's a matter, of course, a medical is part and parcel of it. I said, when you went for the test there, did you know immediately or did they call you back to say, hold on a minute, we've spotted something with your white cells here? So the following day they sent me the report of the blood test and they said your white blood cells are elevated but it could be any sort of infection it could be a chest infection I didn't know I had so just to go to my GP and chat with her and see You weren't concerned? <laughs> no I wasn't Not at all. to be honest You're a 21 year old in Europe living <laughs> life to the full is that living fair to dream. say? <laughs> living the dream is yeah. right and you had no symptoms or feeling of illness no? In hindsight, um, I woke up a few days with a rash on my legs that would just fade after maybe an hour. Um, I had lost weight and I wasn't dieting. um, So, like, I wasn't actually doing anything and my diet wasn't good by any means. I was going out drinking all the time. Um, So that, like, in hindsight at the time, I didn't really think of anything of it. But now looking back, yeah, I did actually lose a lot of weight. wise in hindsight (laughs) that when you focus in on some pointers as well, you see it. Anyway, the upshot was from the blood test, you went for further tests and you got a diagnosis of? Well, it was, they did a chest x-ray as well. Mm. So then the day after I got the blood test results, they sent me the chest x-ray report and they said, look, something's after showing up, we can't see your heart. You need to go to your GP and get a CT scan to see what this is. So I went and found a GP in Brussels and she referred me for a CT scan and they said, yeah, it looks like you have some form of cancer, maybe thymoma or lymphoma. So then my dad flew straight over from Ireland and he met the oncology consultant with me and went for a PET scan and they said I needed to go for a biopsy. So I actually, that was at the start of July by the time all this was done and I just stayed in Brussels because I only had a few weeks left. Because I, I was, you know what I mean? It was a once in a lifetime opportunity. So um, <laughs> I stayed for the rest of the month and then I came home in August and got it sorted at home, had biopsies. And I have here in my notes to say to you, <laughs> how did you function? 
I mean, I had really great friends, like, because we were all in the same boat. So we were all trainees. We were all away from our families. We were all just out of college. And yeah, it was like a little family over there, kind of. So I like when I had two really great friends who were there, like through all my appointments and everything. So I just kind of stayed. I was having a great time. I guess part of me probably was I definitely was in denial and I didn't want to have to deal with all of the stuff. I didn't really know what I was going to have to deal with and I didn't want to have to think about that. Anyway, you do get a diagnosis ultimately. You yeah. have a tumour and the type of cancer is? It was Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. Yeah. So you finish up over there and you come home. What happens from there? So I came home in August. I met my GP. I went for my first biopsy in August. They diagnosed me with thymoma, but they weren't happy enough with that diagnosis because I think they said it was the tumour was too slow growing and too big and I was too young for it to have grown that much. So then they wanted to di- do another biopsy. So they did that in September. And then they diagnosed me with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And me and my dad were actually quite relieved. And my mum, because we heard that this was really treatable. Um, so I started chemo then in October. Was chemo tough? Actually, I think I tolerated it quite well. Um it was every two weeks and the first kind of three days, I suppose, I'd be tired enough. But by the second week, I was fine. Um, I was on steroids for the sickness. I was on all of the sickness, anti-sickness tablets that you can probably imagine. So I didn't really suffer with nausea or vomiting or anything like that. Um, as time went on, the main effect on me was my appearance because with the steroids, I gained a lot of weight and I gradually lost my hair. It wasn't like... With some chemos, your hair can just fall out within like three or four weeks. Um, mine kind of gradually thinned over four months and I got four months before I had to, well, I didn't have to, but before I chose to wear a wig. Um, so that was kind of the hardest part for me with chemo. Um, Sickness-wise and all of that, I tolerated it pretty well. So the other challenges, those main challenges that many people experience as well were so difficult for you. Mm-hmm. You go through this and the tumour shrinks. Yeah. So it's looking really positive that this treatment is going to get you out of the woods and you're on your way again, back to partying in Brussels at 21 years of age or a little <laughs> older. No, but seriously, you did expect that this was working and it, that was the, the view. Actually, ironically, the first scan um, was the biggest hit for me because even though it was shrinking, I expected that it would just be gone and I would be happy enough to just go off and mm. that would be me done. So it was a bit of a hit for me to get that scan and have it not be clear like it had shrunk from I think it was 10 centimetres down to 4 and the activity level dropped significantly um, so then they said okay we're going to actually go to 8 months chemo instead of 6 so I got to 6 months and then they scanned me again and they said no this isn't working anymore we need to change up your treatment I'm sure that was a blow when that time came yeah I it's kind of um, vague in my memory Um I remember when they told me, so my, the, the next step was a stem cell transplant. So I remember they told me that and it was just frightening because I had it explained to me like chemo was like going into your body with a machine gun, destroying it all. But um, a stem cell transplant is like a nuclear bomb, just completely destroys everything and then you have to build it back up from that. So this is what I was told before any of this happened. So to think that that, that was terrifying and it's not actually like the chemo or the um, stem cell transplant that would kill you. It would be the infections that you can get when your immune system is so low. Um, So that was just scary. You say that when you got that massive dose of chemo before you were to have the stem cell transplant, there was an intense chemotherapy session to be had there over a number of days. Yeah. 
I felt like I was dying. That was um, on the second dose when I had a perm cat, the line they um, put on your chest to harvest stem cells because I was able to have a stem cell transplant using my own stem cells. But the line got infected, the stem cells got infected and the chemo wasn't working anyway, so I couldn't use them. But when I had that infection, I was in hospital for a good few weeks and I couldn't move with the pain. I could barely breathe. I could barely stand up. Um, And I remember turning to one of the nurses who knew me well and I said, am I ever going to get better? And she said, of course you are. And she kind of was like, obviously you're going to get better. But for me, I really was like, oh, no, I think I'm going to die because this is just agonizing. It was just the worst, the lowest part, I think, for me. Well, you're here talking to me today, so everyone knows what the outcome of this was. Yeah, it all ends well. <laughs> it really does end well, because at that stage then, you can't have the stem cell, uh, the transplant. That, Using my own stem cells, Yes, I that couldn't. can't happen. Yeah. So then this thing called immunotherapy comes into the picture. Did you know anything about this? No, I had never heard of it. Um, my uh, clinical nurse specialist came in and explained it to me um, and sounded great. <laughs> because um, it doesn't affect your immune system as much as chemo does. You don't lose your hair. Um, I it You can get fatigued. There are some side effects. I didn't really have many of them from the immunotherapy. The only one I remember is kind of being tired. But mm. that could have been from the amount of chemo that I had before that. So. so this was the medical professional suggesting to you, let's leave the chemo aside now, let's leave mm-hmm. aside the stem cell transplant and let's go this road. Yeah. Did they give you assurances? No, they're never going to tell you 100% that something is going to work because you never know, like everyone's different. Um, but I knew that it was a new drug and that it had been good for other patients in my situation. So I was happy at this point to kind of take anything they were going to give me, to be honest. I really trusted all my doctors and nurses. And I was very inquisitive. Um, I asked a lot of questions. Like I wouldn't let anybody give me a tablet or do something to me without knowing why they were doing what they were doing. So that stood to me in the end as well because... So July 2015, the immunotherapy began and on it goes through 2015 into 16 and you then have surgery is it after a time on the immunotherapy to remove this tumour? I had two different immunotherapies so the first one um, I had a false remission Um, so that was in December 2015 Mm. I had three weeks of radiotherapy to consolidate they thought I was in remission and then I moved to Luxembourg to do the job that I had applied for in February 2016 I moved home in May because I had had a scan that showed I still had cancer so then in June I started the newer immunotherapy Mm. and I was on that up until um May 2017 but in September 2016 they kind of said look we don't even know if this is cancer anymore we don't know if it's an infection we don't know if it's like residual something that's just showing up that's not actually cancer so I was discussed at a lot of meetings in Europe and in the Mayo Clinic and all so they decided that everybody came back to my haematologist and said no you need to do another biopsy so then I met my surgeon and she said well why don't we take everything out and I said well yeah please do if you can please do because that was never an option for me before Um, it's not really an option for Hodgkin's lymphoma to have surgery but it became one for me so I had the surgery in December 2016 and they took everything out and they biopsied it and it was all clear of cancer they scanned me it was all clear of cancer 
and I had three clear scans and my haematologist said to me, look, that's the best we're going to get with you because I had been so complicated. She said, we're happy enough to, you know, just do regular checkups with you. And actually I had a scan a month ago and it was still clear. Isn't so. that just <laughs> yeah. great news, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Really, like, smiles all around, happiness, joy yeah. for you, your family, all your friends, everybody. Yeah. Did they skim your heart? Just come back to that procedure you had. Yeah. What, what, what was this I read about? They did some li- little procedure on your heart? Yeah. They just, um, because the tumour was so close to my heart, they took a layer of my pericardium, which is the layer outside your heart, um, just because they didn't want to leave any chance of a recurrence there. So they just took everything out. So... I've had a couple of incidences with um, fluid in my heart and things like that, but that's been looked after. So, okay. I mean, I take that over the cancer. <laughs> that's small fry for you, yeah. young woman, when it comes to the story you're after telling us. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.